What's going on, everybody? Uh, this is Chops and a new episode of the Load Management Podcast. I'm in Miami Super Bowl week. Adam's out in LA. Uh, an unusual episode and a somber start to an episode because we're obviously reacting to the death of Kobe Bryant, um, who passed away tragically uh, over the weekend in a in a helicopter crash. Um, you know, this is obviously a touchy subject, and we want to make sure we give our full attention to it. So, you know, we will have, you know, bigger tributes coming. We're, you know, planning to talk to those, you know, guys who played with Kobe, who covered Kobe and everything um, in the coming weeks, because this isn't a story that's going to go away. But, you know, we did want to start off this episode by addressing and talking about Kobe's legacy and career, you know, some stories that we have ourselves. So, you know, we just wanted to get into that. Um, we do have Spice Adams on the show uh, to talk about his Super Bowl picks and, you know, share some stories from his career. And then, you know, at the end of the show, we get into our own Super Bowl picks, some prop bets, you know, some Super Bowl stuff. So, you know, rock with us, this load management podcast. Uh, let's do it. You never think you're going to be in these kind of situations where, you know, you have to kind of move on the fly and figure everything out. So I'm actually in Miami, in my hotel room in Miami, recording this. Adam is in Los Angeles um, recording. Obviously, this is a Mergy podcast in the wake of Kobe Bryant's sudden passing um, in a helicopter accident, you know, that took the lives off of his daughter and seven other people. So, you know, it's a very, very crazy time, Adam. Yeah, LA, um, they're very different energy and vibe, um, especially yesterday. Um, we've had a couple dreary mornings and, you know, and foggy mornings, especially, uh, you know, towards the coast of LA. And, and uh, that may have contributed to what unfortunately happened on Sunday. But, um, you know, it kind of felt, I don't know, either fitting or just eerily weird that that was kind of the case. And um, when news broke on Sunday morning, you called me, um, and we went back and forth via text, and just kind of monitoring on Twitter and have, watching everything unfold on TV as news coverage out here in LA kind of switched over from you know just regular whatever was scheduled on the broadcast stations to you know nonstop Kobe coverage and checking on ESPN, and uh, you know you were helping facilitate some stuff in in you know out there in the East Coast. I was riding on the West Coast. I went down to Lakers practice facility later on in the afternoon to check out that scene, and just overall the energy and the vibe out here in LA um was just completely you know taken down you know 10 notches um and there was a somberness and, uh, and a solace that was kind of permeating throughout and uh it's it was definitely a very weird very strange day that I think everyone in LA is not going to soon forget for a lot of reasons and um it's still weird processing uh the sudden news and uh the tragic news and uh you know it's tough to kind of tie it up and you know put a succinct little bow on everything um because there's a lot of emotions i think that go through all of us and we all kind of take the news very differently everyone deals with death very differently um and we all have different kind of perspectives and stories to tell about kobe and, and what he meant and if we cross paths with him um but i can tell you definitely from out here in la um for the past 24 hours now, as we're taping this about 24 hours since the news hit. Um, yeah, the vibe in LA is very subdued, very different, very weird. And even though it's sunny out here um, on Monday when we're taping this, the energy would make you think that'd be a dull, dreary, um, gray day. Yeah, I think I think you kind of just summed it up. Kind of, I think what 
I mean, we're all feeling, you know, that 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 initial like like shock and everything, you know, you, you like don't want it to be true. It, it's crazy because I was actually at the Pro Bowl in Orlando when news broke, and as it broke, because Pro Bowl, you know, they're not they're not very strict on the rules, so everybody's got their phones and everything. All the players have their phones, and it's the national anthem, and you got you you can you can just see on the guys' faces that they kind of found out the news and it's just like, uh, and like, you know, we all found out together type thing. And it, you know, it's just, it's, it's a very hard situation. It's a very difficult situation because so, I mean, so many people have said this, but Kobe, Kobe Bryant is, that's a, that's a legend. That's someone who we should see grow old, you know, like we, we like see Kobe old at Staples center with a statue out front and see the statue go up, you know, and, and other people have said that, but it's just like it's so it's so crazy to think that 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 someone just as big as as him and such a big star is just is just gone so suddenly and it's it's it, it's really just it, 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 like you said it's hard to put into words because if you're if you're my age or you know you're a little a little older than me but whether you loved or hated Kobe as a basketball player you one respected him and two you watched him nonstop like i got hooked on the nba watching kobe bryant you know i was a, like 12 years old rooting for the desperately for the 76ers to to beat the lakers and it's just like there's nothing you could do about kobe and it's like that's what really got me hooked on the game and that's where, like where my passion for the nba really started so it's just like for one of those icons just to be taken so suddenly and for all this to happen and you know, you just like, you just, it's, it's hard to even imagine what the family is going through and just everything. It's just, it's, it's, it's just an impossible thing to try and contextualize and deal with in such a, such, we're so close to it, you know? Yeah. I will say, I mean, your point about how you kind of expect someone of his nature, of his stature to grow old and to be, you know, immortal, impenetrable. Um, yeah. that We kind of do that to our heroes um, that we think they're infallible and nothing bad can happen to them, especially guys that were so athletically gifted and, it, you know, and had such vitality and just basically seemed bigger than life. Um, you know, that was definitely Kobe. Um, I'm curious more about to hear the energy about when the news kind of hit the Pro Bowl. Um, um, to be amongst so many thousands of people, because when news hit, I was just in my apartment chilling on Sunday morning, um, not around anybody. Um, you were around thousands of people and an athletic event amongst athletes that revered him and spoke so highly of him. So I think talk more about what the energy was like at the Pro Bowl in Orlando and if you had any other interaction with the guys um, in the immediate aftermath of the news breaking. News travels so fast with social media these days and everything. So as it kind of started to trickle out, like you could just feel the energy be sucked from the arena. Like there was like a joyous feeling right before and everything. And then, and then you just, you just noticed that like people's faces, we left before the game started because news, news broke right, right as the game was about to start national anthem going news broke. But as you just walked by people, you could tell that they knew without even saying anything, without me saying, did you hear what happened to a random person? Like I could just look in their eyes and you could tell that they knew what happened and everybody was feeling the same, just just in their pit of their stomach, just a bad feeling. Like that's what it was. You saw it on the guys' faces on the sideline, like as 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 the news kind of made it like made its way down 
the line of like the national anthems and it's like just such a terrible way for people to like find out something like i don't don't know did you see the cassius winston thing um like he was about to do an interview after the michigan state game yesterday and right before he did the interview tom Izzo told him and he was like no way same thing with tiger like tiger didn't find out until he was done playing golf and they told him right after he got off the tee like he didn't know why people were chanting do it for mamba so it's just like just like the way that we all found out about this and it's just kind of like, and, and we all deal about it. It's just like such a crazy thing to me. And, you know, being in such, being around so many people and just kind of sensing that we all knew the same thing without saying it. It's just like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to feel like that again, or if I can even like say what it really felt like, you know? Yeah. I mean, for you, yeah. For you to be in that kind of environment, um, will definitely stamp that day is unforgettable, you know, for a lot to be, to be around that environment. And again, to have the absorption of news, um, and to hit so heavy with so many people, um, I'm sure is completely surreal and, you know, kind of be tough getting out of your head. Um, I think a few hours after I got done, you know, writing what I tried to kind of make an obit, um, for Kobe, at least my best effort at writing an obituary, um, for him, um, I told you I was going to go down to Lakers practice facility in El Segundo, which is about 20, 25 minutes away from my place in LA, just to check out the scene. And uh, the Lakers had a G League game, I think, earlier on Sunday, um, which is, and they hold their G League at the practice facility. So technically, it was open to some people when news hit, but when I got down there, they had a little memorial um, set up. And uh, I was there for about maybe 45 minutes, I think a little bit for an hour, left just before sunset. And the amount of people that kept trickling in as the Lakers kind of opened up the the outside area of their practice facility to fans um, to come and pay the respects um, was really moving and 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 really also um, you know kind of gut wrenching because you saw the the passion and the hurt on the LA fans because um, they lost they lost a god I mean Kobe you know. Um, came here as a 17 year came to LA as a 17 year old teenager and Lakers fans got to watch him grow into a you know a young man who started winning championships um, went through some trials and tribulations and grew into this you know superstar NBA player um, who epitomized LA celebrity and success with five championships and then morphed into this kind of uh, you know, awesome devoted dad that was branching out to other areas of uh, multimedia work with his young adult novels that um, I had actually talked to him about uh, last March, and we obviously know he won the Academy Award. But I, more than anything, the last several years, it kind of he became known as this, you know, or at least more recently, this basketball father to uh, you know to Gigi, and it was really awesome seeing the photos of. Or, or before what happened Sunday, it was awesome to see the foes of the two of them courtside and kind of dissecting uh, basketball. And, and Kobe had talked about in, in interviews over the past, I don't know, year or so, about how he had kind of gotten away from basketball and Gigi brought him back into it. Um, and the passion for it was renewed through her. And then, you know, rehearing those quotes and, and rereading them um, and then seeing the picture of the two of them kind of gutted you further um, and made it hurt even more um, as those pictures kind of got put up throughout the day and shared on social media. Um, and, you know, being at the being at the Lakers practice facility to see the people come and pay their respects, it felt like a wake. Um, people brought flowers. People lit candles. People brought murals. People brought jerseys. Did you go to um, Staples? People... 
I didn't go to Staples. I, I stayed away from Staples just because you had the Grammys and the, the glut of people. And, and TV out here in L.A., I'm sure people saw, um, if you're not from L.A. or from the West Coast, um, I'm sure you saw news hits of the, the, of the thousands of people that did make it to Staples. And... Um, the evening news out here in LA had people still reporting live from Staples Center, and they were reporting that people were still coming down to Staples in LA Live area right across from Staples Center to congregate and pay the respects to Kobe at 11 o'clock at night. They were still coming down, and that the owners of Staples and LA Live, um, you know, this corporate conglomerate, which is technically private property, weren't going to shut it down and weren't going to kick people out because you can't. You, know, for you can't do that. LA, yeah, you can't. All the you Lakers people, all the LA people that revered Kobe and basically exalted him and worshipped him and made him a god out here in LA needed some place to come together to share their you know grief and mourn together and just to feel I don't know maybe a sense of security or safe or just you know everyone again everyone has very different emotions and different feelings when they deal with death um, but it was really telling and really poignant and 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 sad but also uplifting to go to where I did the Lakers practice facility and see people kind of Again, walk in. There were some tears. There were some sniffles. People were definitely going through some really rough emotions. But you saw so many families come, um, and I think that's again a telling sign of what Kobe came later in his life. This Family Guy. Um, you saw so many fathers bring their little kids, and, and mothers bring their kids, and just whole families come to pay their respects and and mourn a guy that um, transcended basketball here in Los Angeles. He he, you know, I, I've said a few times, and it's not a, it's not a new observation, but. Kobe was a god in LA, and it's you know this news is hitting you know worse than a sledgehammer over the head. Unfortunately, this is it's it's rocked people. The the the, the crazy thing is, and this is and this is what I thought about at some point yesterday after the news broke. We we were at the Pro Bowl practice on Saturday, and just by random coincidence, we ended up at one of our questions that we were asking guys was about Kobe. Like, pick your favorite out of Kobe, LeBron, MJ. And so many guys, Derrick Henry especially, Keenan Allen, all these guys, all these superstars, they all picked Kobe. And it was like, it, it brought me back to when we had Karan Butler on, you know, Karan very close with Kobe. We had him on the, we, we had him on the pod uh, earlier this month. Kobe was, he was your favorite player's favorite player. I think that's pretty safe to say, you know, um, this was a guy who, who they, they all just, if you play basketball, you play NBA, you play professional sports. Like they all had a respect for Kobe that I don't think that any of us can really understand because we're, we've never competed on that level, you know, but the way that guys who have competed on the level talk about him and talk about how the Mamba mentality was really, you know, a really driving thing and, and a, a mindset for these guys to take, you know, take everything to the next level. It's just getting getting to hear that and getting to hear those guys talk about him and then for what to happen you know it's just it's just such a crazy thing and it really it really brought me back to Karan's comments on he talked about Kobe was the hardest guy he ever had to guard he was an amazing teammate like the work ethic everything like I I recommend everybody go back and listen to that episode if you have time and listen to Karan talk about his experience with Kobe because I mean or, or just any interview about you know these guys talk about Kobe because these stories will live on forever and that's what we have to kind of remember just how great of a competitor this guy was like i think and that's what tiger mentioned like this guy he he defined a generation of athletes going out and just putting it all on the line which is you know something you got to respect so I, I i think that's that really stood out to me that he really is your favorite player's favorite player like i i don't care what sport it is 
Kobe has and will always have that respect on that level, which, you know, I think means a lot. Yeah, I th- uh, you know, to play amateur psychologist here, I think one of the reasons why Kobe is so revered, I mean, obviously his athleticism and his accomplishments, you know, we, you can list them out. It's that hard work that he put into it to make himself one of the greatest players of all time that I think the other greats, like, all the, again, every guy that made the Pro Bowl is obviously a top-tier NFL player, and they can relate to putting in the work to be, you know, one of the best in their sport. Kobe put in work on, t- on top of work, on top of work, on top of work, and took it to a different level. And you joke around as like a, you know, it's almost a psychotic level, like how dedicated he was to the craft, but it paid off. And I think one of the reasons why he was so relatable and so many people admired him was because they saw the hard work, they heard some of the stories about, you know, the workouts and just the amount that he would put into his craft and you saw the results and it's a you know it's it's an it's a motivational inspirational story you saw a guy that was clearly talented to begin with but just because he was talented didn't mean he took anything for granted and Kobe worked like an absolute dog to make himself you know arguably wherever you want to put him in your pantheon of NBA players that's you know everyone has their own kind of list but undoubtedly one of the all-time greats and yeah the relatability of you put in hard work here's what you're going to get out of anyone could point to Kobe Bryant and say this is what busting your ass day in and day out will get you and it got him basically immortality in basketball and a level of respect and you know, um, admirance across sports and even pop culture and and, and other uh, genres that is going to be really tough to match anytime soon. It's crazy because like it it just dawned on me last night when I when I interviewed Baker over the summer. Baker brought up Kobe unprompted to me in that interview, and that's happened before. I you know over the years, these guys would just bring him up as like a beacon or a goal of what they're trying to reach, you know? So it's not, that's not like a, a one-off. So it's, it, it's just like amazing that, you know, he, he was able to instill such like a, a blueprint for so many of these kids to, you know, be great on such a high level at such a high performance. I'm writing a piece from the NFL, from the Pro Bowl week, and I'm going to include a lot of the quotes of the guys talking about Kobe, obviously, this was a day before, you know, he passed. So it's we're seeing all these interviews out here. I mean, every like I like Shaq's comments and they're just so they're just so gutting, but you can just tell Adam Bron's comments, LeBron's comments the night before when he passed Kobe on the scoring list. Like you could just tell that he just looked up to this guy so much, you know? Yeah, I mean, the you know, it's like the guys that you talk to the Pro Bowl, they're of that age where Kobe was their guy. I'm a little bit older, you know, in my, you know, mid to almost late 30s now. So I kind of, I grew up more of a Jordan, you know, as Jordan being the beacon of, of sports and certainly basketball. Um, you're obviously a little bit younger than me and the guys at the Pro Bowl are, you know, a little bit younger than you. And Kobe's like prime time for them. Kobe was the guy before LeBron became the guy. So Kobe has this unique, uh, you know, worship from, guy, you know, people aged, you know, early 30s to like, you know, mid or early 20s. Um, So guys like Baker, you know, guys like Derrick Henry, um, all the NBA players that, you know, were absolutely gutted the past couple days, like 
Kobe's been the guy because they came into the league, you know, on his on his on the latter end of his career, but grew up watching him and just seeing his exploits and just worshiping him and wanting to be just like him. So yeah, Kobe holds this unique uh, mystique as he should for a specific age range, and people in that age range right now um, are taking it incredibly tough. And 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 I get it, and I completely get it. Kobe was never, you know, someone you know a little bit older. I didn't view Kobe the same way I did as a, as a Jordan, but you know anyone. Even if you weren't a Lakers fan, and even if you did somehow despise Kobe, you know, for, as a competitor, there's no way in hell you couldn't admire what he did and what he became. So, um, you know, it's that's one thing that kind of sticks out at me um, is that yeah, there's a specific generation, if you will, that is really all about Kobe. And Kobe is their guy, and I get it. And it's got to be an extra tough, you know, couple days for that generation that worshipped him. Hundred percent. What what are your some what are your some of your favorite on court Kobe moments? Because I like there's. There's a few that just stick out to me where it's just like, man, I I just love this. The one the one that always I come back to is the game winner against the Suns in the playoffs, post Shaq, when he when he rips over the jersey over his chest. You know, remember that one? Vaguely, yeah. I don't particularly remember that one sticking out, but it's like the amount of big shots that he hit. I mean, Christ, we could <laughs> we could spend the next hour if you went through YouTube just reminiscing about all the incredible big shots. I mean, Kobe had balls as a competitor, but the great thing about you know having the balls and the drive to do it was that he actually you know finished the job. You know, he, you know, it's it, the shots that he would pull out. Like, I mean, when I played basketball, you know, in my driveway and pickup games here and there, there's like aspects of game you try to like emulate because um, he was just such an absolute dog in the basketball court. And to pick out one moment, uh, you know, obviously it's easy to go to the 81 point game. I kind of remember that happened in 2006. I wasn't personally the biggest fan of the 60 point game for a few reasons. I kind of like made fun of that because he took 50 shots. But the people oh, that were in the building, no, bro, he Joe, took, you know, he I, I know. He I, this, took this attention. A, I'm not, only only Kobe could have stole the spotlight from a team winning seventy three and nine during his final exactly, game. Like yeah, that, exactly, so magical. Yeah, I was more, yeah, I was more tuned into the Warriors that night. Um, but I wasn't in the building, and Joe Lapuma was in the building. He got he was lucky enough to go out to LA to experience that game, and um, I'm sure Joe has incredible recollections of how special, especially you know, in light of what happened over the weekend, of being in that building. And I know a lot of people on social media and other kind of stories I've I've read about him um, have alluded to how incredible that night was, the energy and the send off. And and the one thing you have to say about that game again, I can you know in retrospect spec kind of poke holes and make fun of it a little bit because he did take 50 shots to get the 60 points but all that joking aside that is by far the greatest swan song in nba history to go out yes. on that note easily um, easily is, is 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 yeah that will never be topped yeah i mean that i have so many memories like i like i mentioned earlier just of kobe wearing number eight him and Shaq just dominating you know and even if you weren't rooting for the lakers you respected them because they were just so damn good. Like the the alley oop against the Trailblazers, that's one of the most iconic plays in in NBA history. And like, it's crazy that that he was able to to shine in the biggest moments just consistently. Even during that time, even with Shaq there, he was never just satisfied with being from you know from what we can tell from the outside is, and we know what people have said, just being like the second fiddle to Shaq, you know, he was, he was Kobe and he was going to do his thing. And like, 
and that that's a mentality that we've seen. You know, Trey Young has it. Trey Young paid tribute to Kobe, wore the number eight. Uh, Kyrie, obviously very close to Kobe, uh, modeled his game around him. You know, so it's it's that mentality in those big moments that we've seen really shape this generation of the NBA that's going forward. And it's, it's just you know, it's just such a big loss for basketball and just the world in general that you know that this happened and. You know, it's just, it, it's tough to contextualize. So it's like, you know, um, I think, I think it was right for us to, you know, hop on here because we do have an episode coming out tomorrow, um, a Super Bowl preview episode with Spice Adams. But I do think it was, you know, right for us to kind of jump on here and do a little remembrance of, you know, Kobe because he meant so much this space. This is it, you know, like Kobe is, is it to a lot of people and a lot of people in our space and us, you know, so it's just like, I just I, I don't think we can under underscore the importance of how much his impact had in the past and will have going forward. You know, there's there's a petition going out there to change the logo to Kobe right now, you know, instead in, instead of Jerry West. So it's like it's you know, it's no, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's yeah. hard to speak about. No, it is. And, you know, especially for people that revered him so highly, um, I would highly encourage anyone that hasn't seen it to go check out what our colleague Speedy Mormon did on video um, yesterday, um, who spoke very eloquently about Kobe being his hero and getting the chance to meet his hero and basically Kobe living up to, you know, the old saying is don't meet your heroes. Um, well, Speedy basically came to the conclusion that he was really, really happy and really glad he had it. He met his hero because Kobe turned out to be that guy and, and to be a genuine individual. Um, Chops, I don't know if you ever had a chance to kind of uh, interact with him or, co- you know, or talk to him or interview him at all. Um, so when I, I started covering I, when I got no, I, no I, never got, I never got to cover him, never got to cover a game. I, I did see him live a few times. Actually, the first, one of the first NBA games I ever went to um, was in Minnesota, Minneapolis Timberwolves, or yeah, Minnesota Timberwolves versus the Lakers. Um, KG was still in the T-Wolves back in, one of the first NBA games I've ever been to. And I just remember Kobe just being so like majestic out there, you know? And this is when those old T-Wolf teams uh led by Garnett and like Troy Hudson, those guys, like they could never get past the Lakers. And so it's just like another thing. But Kobe was just so damn good. And it was like it, when you when you weren't rooting for his for the Lakers, it was like it was frustrating how good he was. Because you're like, damn, you just can't beat this guy. You know, so I sadly never got the opportunity to cover him. You know, I did get to see him live a few times, which you know I'm very grateful for. Um yeah, that's why I try and go see LeBron whenever I can. Yeah, a million percent. To see greatness, um, you if you can, um, seek it out. Because um, it's something special and something to behold and something to cherish. Um, I started covering the NBA a little too late um, by the time Kobe was kind of on the outs and the Lakers sucked. So never really got never got a chance to cover Kobe um, like so many other NBA writers did. Um, I did get a chance to interview him for the one and only time this past March. Came over the phone and we were talking about his foray into the multimedia world, basically his becoming a publisher now of these young adult novels. Um, but uh, you know, even the chance I got to talk to him on the phone, um, my prep for that and my desire to ask the most insightful and impactful questions possible 
was on a different level compared to other interview subjects because I was talking to a legend and a guy that wouldn't put up with any bullshit and a guy that wanted, you know, was going to be real with you no matter what. And for the 20 minute conversation we had, um, you know, Kobe was really insightful about his, you know, his new passion and how he loved content creating and publishing and stuff like that. And then we transitioned to some basketball questions. And when I asked him some basketball questions, that's when he was like, you know, I, I kind of could sense that he wasn't as interested in that as much as he definitely used to be. And, you know, kind of gave you, um, you know, a little bit of, I guess, sass and attitude um, with like, you know, these kind of these these Lakers questions or basketball questions where it's like he just didn't really give a shit. But it was it was funny. It was real. And it wasn't it wasn't um, antagonistic at all. And it was just, you know, he he made you as a media member want to up your game and, and bring what you were bringing to him um, at a different level. And listening to people on the radio and some of the recollections, the people that, that did cover him have kind of mentioned the same thing too, where it's like, you know, they may have butted heads with him at some times, but he just wanted you to, to raise your level to his level because he put so much into his craft. He wanted the people that were covering him, asking him questions to do the same. Um, and, you know, it's, it's great to demand greatness and when you're around people that are great, you do want to meet them at that level, their level as much as possible. But, um, yeah, the 20 minutes I had to talk to Kobe um, were really cool, and he was really genuine and gave some great answers. And there were others that we worked with in the past. Um, I know we kind of reached out to our former colleague, Russ Bankston, um, who is halfway around the world right now, and you know the news hit him pretty hard, um, and he had a million kind of runs with Kobe, and maybe at some point we can get Russ to write about it a little bit. Um, but yeah, you talk to anyone that spent any time covering him, interacting with him, um, Kobe was genuine, real, and um, especially later on in his career where he kind of had more uh, introspection and just kind of matured more. Um, you got a level of honesty and integrity and insight that you don't get from a lot of professional athletes. And it's just another way that Kobe was so much different um, and cut so drastically compared to other guys um, that are major superstars. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you mentioned the interviews. I mean, one of, I mean, we've had what five complex cons now, but I mean, forever, one of my favorite moments was when Jinx, our former colleague Jinx, got to interview Kobe and Kendrick at the same time. And I think, I think that's on YouTube somewhere. I mean, it, yeah, that's a, yeah, they, they have it on YouTube. You can definitely find that. That was from two complex cons ago. Yeah. I would, I definitely highly recommend checking that out because it's just such a, those are two minds, Kendrick and Kobe, just on another level. And Jinx is such a great interviewer that it was it was just such a real conversation. And I feel like whenever you go down a wormhole of Kobe interviews or just Kobe, you know, speaking, like I don't know if you ever watched Detail, the show he had on ESPN Plus. Like I used to love watching that because, I mean, obviously it's called Detail, but just like how his mind worked to go so so much deeper on these. Uh, whether it's basketball or whatever, but it's just he, like you said, you needed to raise your level to kind of be on the same plane as him. And, and it seems like he expected that from everybody who kind of, uh, you know, came into contact with him, which is, you know, which is just another testament to his greatness. But yeah, I, I, I recommend everybody go check out that Jinx interview. Speedy did a great job. That's on Complex IG right now. Jeff Weiss wrote a just a powerful piece for us. Jeff, Jeff was at Kobe's final game. He, he had the opportunity to cover the Lakers for two years. Um, you know, the, the last stretch there and, you know, his Kobe's last stand is the title of the piece he wrote during or for Kobe's last game. And it's, it's, it's still one of the best, you know, basketball pieces I've ever, I've ever read. So, you know, the fact that, you know, Jeff, 
was able to, you know, come back and kind of, and, and write this again for us now is, you know, was, was very special. And, you know, you could, if you read it, you can kind of tell that the emotions were very still raw and, you know, everybody's still dealing with this. So it's, it's, as we've said, it's definitely a tough thing. He's going to be missed greatly. And, you know, this, this is going to be something we talk about for a long time and, you know, Kobe's legacy and everything. So it's, it's a tough one. It's, it's really tough. Yeah, he was incredibly important to, you know, we we throw around the word culture, you know, with complex, but you know, to the to the complex culture and the complex audience, yeah, Kobe was incredibly important and a, you know, a foundational figure and a guy that will, you know, forever hold a reverence with our audience um that few can match. And um while it's very easy to get um sad and down with the news, um I would encourage you to, we do have some things, again, between YouTube highlights and other stuff, there are things that will make you smile. And listening on the radio out here, um, and even on the newscast, when they've had people who have either covered him or interact with him, um, and they tell the funny, you know, uh, personal stories that make you laugh, that, that makes you feel a bit better about stuff. And, you know, the one piece of content I'll plug for us is that four years ago, um, we had uh, Serena Winters, who now does TV um, on the Sixers telecast. She's a silent reporter for them. She had uh, rounded up 18 journalists. This is when she was covering the Lakers um, to get their best stories about what their experience with Kobe and their interaction with him. And uh, if you want to smile reading about Kobe and kind of change up your emotions a little bit, highly, highly, highly recommend you guys check that out. Um, we recirculate on social media. Serena did a great job gathering these awesome stories and, and just various media members, Dave McMenamin's in there, John Ireland, who does the play by play for the Lakers. Um, Others who you'll probably recognize just have these hilarious um, anecdotes and tales of just who Kobe was, especially later in his career. And uh, again, in, in shitty times like these, um, it's very easy to get down. Um, but encourage you to read the stuff and consume the stuff that's going to make you smile because, uh, yeah, he did some special stuff. He should be celebrated. He will be mourned. But yeah, it's, it's going to make you feel a lot better if you read about the really good stuff and the funny stuff. I think you just nailed it all in the head. You know, it's it's at times like this you need to kind of uh, kind of go back to those moments that will make you smile, and you know we all do it in our own own ways. So, you know, Adam, I think uh, this was something we had to do. I think this is going to be something that you know lingers for a while, and we're just going to have to deal with. And you know, um, I'm 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 interested to see. Uh, I think that the Clippers Lakers game tomorrow night is going to be very emotional. Um, and uh, you know Staples Center will definitely be in a in a place we've never seen it like it before so yeah so I'm glad we got to you know get into Kobe a little bit there you know talk about his legacy what he meant to us um we're like I said in the intro we're we're gonna dedicate a lot of time to this story because it's something that you know means a lot to us and you know we know means a lot to the audience so we're planning a bigger tribute episode like I mentioned and, you know, we really want to do right by his legacy and kind of, you know, help tell that story that, that that he put into the universe. So, you know, we're going to get hard at work on that. But, you know, this episode does move on. Uh, we have the hilarious Spice Adams uh, hopping on the phone with us, talk about Super Bowl predictions, his playing career, Tom Brady's future, you know, his meme stories, which are hilarious. So, you know, let's jump right into that right now. What's going on, everybody? It's Chops. I'm here with my man, Zion. Adam is going to join us a bit later, but on the phone, we have the legendary Spice Adams. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just chilling. 
let's just start it off. How happy were you that the Packers lost? Because, like, we all know you don't even want to say that name. <laughs> man, you know what? I'm, I'm happy for my former team, the 49ers, man. Uh, I, I was hoping that they won. Been a been a long time coming, and um, you know I, I think they got a I think they got a good shot at winning, man. They, they defense look serious, man. They look for real. So, yeah, so let, I mean, when it comes down to a game like this, obviously you play defense, and you know we'll get into your life after football, you know, in a little bit. But this is a true defense, best defense versus best offense type game. So how do you kind of see that? Uh, like unfolding, like are the 49ers going to be able to slow down Mahomes? He's playing in, like unreal right now. I think if the pass rush can get to uh, Mahomes, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be tough for the Chiefs to win if their their defense, especially their defensive line, is clicking on all cylinders, man. Because even though you got all of those weapons. If you can't get the ball to him or if you can't get in the rhythm to get that ball to him, it's going to be a long day. And if, you know, you don't have to, to blitz or anything like that or try to disguise any coverages or things like that because the defensive line is doing so good, that just makes the game more easier for you. You know, so if the Niners can can find a way to get their defensive line humming with, you know, different substitutions that come in, keeping guys fresh, and always making sure they're getting after the quarterback. It's going to be a long day for the Chiefs. Like, I don't care how high-powered your offense is. If that defensive line is humming, it's going to be a long day for you. So if you had to give give us a prediction and, and a score of what you think the final score would be, what, what would it be? I'm going to say 31-28. To the, to the Niners. 31 was the number I thought That's a, uh, for uh, so, the Chiefs, though. So a close game. It's going to be a close game. I think we can all agree on that, right? Yeah, I think so, man. I think there's going to be at least four touchdowns that either either one of them going to score. But you think the Niners can outscore the Chiefs, though? They're not, they're not going to have a choice. <laughs> Let if me. You, if you, if you want to win this game, you, you got to do some things that you normally wouldn't do. I mean, just like the last game, how many times have you seen a back go over 200 yards rushing? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. And everybody's making a joke about Jimmy Garoppolo, but actually it's pretty smart because if you hand the ball off and your running back is getting 10 yards of carry, like, why are you going to change it? You it's, know what I'm saying? It's like, just, just give Jimmy G the day off. That's basically what he had. <laughs> He threw more practice throws than he did in the game. Zion runs our Twitter, and he definitely got a meme off about Jimmy G, like, barely helping last game. Oh, yeah. Man, through eight passes, hey. man. <laughs> still, Listen, man. He, he won. If, 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 you, if you go on the fight and the dude in front of you is just throwing haymakers and he's knocking everybody out, like, you just basically chilling. Like, you behind the jogger not. Just like, go ahead, man. Yeah, I, I feel it. But, I mean, for me personally – I I just don't see how that how you stop the the Chiefs receiving core with all that speed and then you add Kelsey like is Richard Sherman going to be able to check those wide receivers? Well, let's talk about this real quick because before we go into Sherman, did you see the Revis thing? Like, did Revis have a point there or 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 what? Like, what do you make of that? I think Revis is couch talking. You know what <laughs> he, I'm saying? He like, was <laughs> he was literally on his couch. <laughs> 
that's what I'm saying, man. It's, it's easy to do that, you know, when you're on the couch. And then if he was a wide receiver, I can see. But, I mean, this is another defensive back. So, to me, it just I think it's personal at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what those two got against each other or <laughs> what was said or, you know, whatever. But um, I, I don't know. Like, Reeves isn't playing anymore. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, I, I don't know. I think it's much to do about nothing. I think it's just, you know, just trash talk amongst. Man, I don't even know. Maybe they're friends. Maybe, you know, they're saying, maybe he told them, hey, look, I'm going to say this, and then you say that. I don't know. Like, I, I, don't, can, I don't hold any weight to it. Can you teach Revis how to use social media? Because, like, his screenshot was really far away. Like, he definitely doesn't know how to, like, tweet that well. Yeah. Yeah, I I noticed that as well. Um, you know, when, when when you retire, and you know, I don't think he tweeted like when he was playing. So yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know, remember it's, it. It's it's a it's a lot of you know mistakes that you know. I I he got to come to the doctor, man. Come <laughs> come to the doctor, Revis, man. We will get you right, man. We will get you right, man. Make make you some memes and stuff like that, man. We will get you right. <laughs> There we go. Uh, so yeah, so you're official. You think the 49ers can do it? That's bold. I like it though. You know, I think me and Zion both going with the Chiefs, but I like that. I'm gonna just say here's, it, so- here, it sounds biased, thing. bro. It sounds here, biased. Here's the thing. I, I understand, and I know people are gonna say I'm biased. I know that. I understand. But it's all about rush and cover. Mm. It's all about rush. I don't care how. I don't care if you got Usain Bolt <laughs> on your team. It don't matter how fast he runs, you still got to get the ball to him. And if you hit while you throwing the ball, it's going to be short. That's, that's going to allow your free safety to come make a play on the ball. So it's all about rushing coverage. They can find a way to put pressure on him and stay in his face and sack him and all of that. I'm telling you, it's going to disrupt the timing. And I don't care if he passing to Kelsey. I don't care if he passing to to Jerry Rice, it ain't going to matter. <laughs> if that defensive line is taking care of a business up front, I I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care if it's Brady mixed with Montana and Marino. <laughs> if that defensive line is humming, I'm telling you, it ain't going to matter who playing quarterback and it ain't going to matter who playing wide receiver. Pick out a, a MVP pick for us. You so got look. So look. Check check this out. Oh, let's if, go. If the defensive line is, is doing their job, and I'm Richard Sherman, I can jump every route. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. Every route because I know he got to get the ball out. He's not gonna have time to pump fake. He ain't gonna have time to do no double moves. So I can jump every route. I don't have to be perfect because either the defensive line is gonna get pressure, or he gonna hit him, or he gonna sack him. So if you got that much confidence in your defensive line, that just makes you that much more powerful on defense. Yeah, but at the same time, at the same time, we are mm-hmm. talking about Patrick Mahomes now. He can throw yep. on the run. He can throw under pressure. He'll throw behind his back under pressure. He's different. Like, he's different, man. I know. But would you say Aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback? I would say he's a great quarterback, but I would Past say— his prime, probably. I would give Patrick Mahomes the edge over him right now. Right now, yeah, 100%, I think. Right? Okay, so that's at least, what, two, three more touchdowns, right? 
Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Mahomes wasn't uh, healthy yeah. this year. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, Green Bay didn't score that much. Yeah. So. Uh, and all of, yeah, all of Green Bay's points came after it was kind of yeah, pretty much over. second half, like letting up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, give me an MVP pick. And don't go with a quarterback. Everybody picks a quarterback. Uh, MVP of the whole league? No, uh, of the uh, of the game. Who's gonna be? The, <laughs> I, I, are you gonna pick? Oh Bo- my bad. You, I'm sorry. You I'm gonna sorry. you gonna pick Bosa? Since you've been going on about the defensive line, it makes sense. Pick Bosa. Um, for them to win, it's probably gonna have to be him. That's why I said right. It's, it's got to be. It's got to be one of those those Richard Dent type performances. D Ford. D Ford getting well, you just like 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 Von Miller had, where you just take over the game. You get a sack, you get a strip fumble, touchdown, like all that type of stuff. Like it's got to, he got to have one of those type games. I feel it. D Ford get like going off would be pretty uh, pretty cool because you know obviously he had the offsides jump in the AFC title game last year and is with the new team now, the 49ers. So that, that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, that that'll be dope, man. Just to see that come full circle. And um, you you never know who's gonna be the envy, like who's gonna step up, like that. That, that Super Bowl brings something out of you, man. Bring the best out of everybody, man. So you don't know, man. You don't know who who is gonna hit, but it's it's fun to watch. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So transition from the Super Bowl a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the Bears. Who's gonna be the quarterback of the Bears first game next season? They're they're behind Mitch, man. They're behind Mitch. I mean, you don't go up in the draft to get a, a Mitch Trubisky and then, you know, sit him out his fourth year. Um, that's 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 their guy, man. Then they they they're gonna ride with Mitch. Let me counter that. Is that your guy? <laughs> Is that your guy? What if what if Tom Brady <laughs> says? What if Tom Brady's like, I need, I want to come to the Bears? How can you not? <laughs> How can you not? Go after a Tom Brady. Even if Trubisky is going to be your guy, how can you say? How can you be like, yo? He he has to learn behind Brady. Like he doesn't have anybody that he could just like go and talk to and be like, hey man, what do you think about this coverage? What do you think about me throwing it in this window or whatever? Blah blah blah. Like a lot of people can't say, hey, I learned from from Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's it's worth the Bears going to wherever he is or having a dinner with him or something just to be like, Hey man, what do you think about Chicago? I'm pretty sure he wants to hit a major city. You know, you got, yeah. you got kids, you got Giselle, your wife, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? And you know, you've been standing doggone, <laughs> you know, by Gillette stadium for <laughs> 20 years. I'm pretty sure you want to hit like a major city. So, man, come on to Chicago, man. I know Brady listening to the podcast. Come on <laughs> to the shot, man. Get some good eats, man. Get For some sure. get some good uh, hot dogs and steak. Come on, man. Man, you know, you know, Bra- this pizza. you know, Brady don't eat none of that shit. The man barely, he never had strawberries before. You can have one. You can have one or two, man. You go burn it out. I go work out with him, man. I got a nice little boxing gym I go to. And we can go, man, get the metabolism going. <laughs> there we go. Yo, so I I got to bring this up. The video you put out on your Twitter. By the way, we love your videos. Obviously, uh, you know, we're big fans of yours. 
the video you put out, the, the four different players after the season ends, were, were, <laughs> were those based on real teammates? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, based on everything I've seen, man. I, I had a nine-year career, man, and i only been to the playoffs one time. So I had to pack my bag a lot. <laughs> a lot, man. And you, you, you see it all, man. You see the guy who's who knows that the head coach is around, so they go into the gym to go work out, you know, trying to be like that that teacher's pet. I mean, you see the guy who's slamming all his stuff in the plastic bag. You see the guy who's just got his hoodie on, don't want to talk to nobody. see the guy who's ready to go out on his trip, who's got a plane to, to catch, like all of that type of stuff, man. And all this stuff is real, man. That's why I, I, a lot of people are like commenting on it because it's it's so real and it's so true. But at the same time, it's, it's funny too, man. Because you know you gotta you gotta be able to laugh at yourself, man. You know you gotta laugh to keep from crying because <laughs> that stuff hurts, man. Because you put in all that work and then your team go two and fourteen. <laughs> Spice, I'm a I'm a Browns fan, so yes, I have not uh, experienced playoff football in a long time. So yes, I, I as a fan, I definitely understand what you're talking about. Yeah, man, it's a uh, gosh. You know, I thought y'all was gonna make a little bit of noise this year too, man. Uh, I don't. Uh, this guy thought uh, this guy I, thought they're gonna win the Super Bowl and thought Baker Mayfield was going to be the MVP. Factual, and it didn't happen. Mm. <laughs> old, old takes exposed happened in real life to my life. Oh man, How? maybe I don't know, man. The, the jury's still out, man. I like to be a quarterback three years, man. Before I start passing judgment, I mean, look at Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, you know, like he he's been in the league a while, and he find he found the right situation. He went on a run. He's probably about to get paid now. Like the the Titans are probably about to pay him like good money, which is pr- not something we would have said six months ago. So you know, you never really know. How how many? Yeah, man, he's got how, a good system going. How many people tagged? Did anybody tag Russell Wilson on the team captain, like cheering everybody up? A person. People people always do that to Russ, man. That's the first person <laughs> I thought of. That's after a, that mic'd up. <laughs> did you see it? Did you see his mic'd yeah, up? Yes, yeah. yes. They were they were yeah, flaming. So him. That's, I think that's why people are saying that, man. But. <laughs> I don't know if 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 the shoe fit, they'll wear it. I wasn't talking to anybody in particular, but I have I have seen it before. I've seen it on other teams, and uh, I've seen it on my teams before too. Maybe more so high school, college than anything else. And college is 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 ten times worse, man. You know, you everybody in college was were they they were the team captains in their high school, so everybody has that. So that it's a rah rah speech. It's all true. Tri- yeah, they they think they're motivating people, but it's like a lot of dudes there are already self motivated. Right. It, it's like <laughs> so, all it's all tryhards at that level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's sometimes you gotta you gotta do like a weed now process, man, to find out who is the the real guy that's gonna get everybody hyped. And when you find it, and when you write about it, it just it just gives everybody that extra oomph. But if you're the corny team captain, it's it's not gonna do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it's put, funny every time though. Yeah, it is. And I mean, for you, it doesn't it doesn't even have to be football. Like, it could be basketball. It could be baseball. It could be hockey. It could be anything, man. It could be. Any, it doesn't even have to be a sport. It could be anything involving a group. You always got that corny guy that's just like, 
How is he captain? Well, like pe- who who voted for him to be captain? Well, people people have always said LeBron's pregame like warm up speeches are corny. Like as great as LeBron is, I guess the, even the best players can fall into that category. The, the, the thing about it is, you got to think with the end in mind. Think of what you're going to say at the end of your speech. What you're going to say at the beginning of it, and it's like it's like a good rapper. Just have good punchlines. Keep it short, and you know what I'm saying? It's like, keep it simple, stupid. Like, that's it. You don't need no long, drawn-out things because then you start repeating yourself, whatever, because sometimes you get too hyped, and then you just start repeating yourself. So just go over what you're going to say. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. Understand the punchlines that you got to get out and say it with authority, and, you know, you'll be happy with the results. Other than that, it's just going to be corny. Now, I mean, for you, you've built a, a whole entire second career. Like, you played in the NFL for several seasons, and now you're in that uh, new uh, stage of your life, and you're now you're dominating the second stage of your life. How have you uh, kind of built that resume and moved on from the NFL? Because a lot of people we know, like, when they're done with the NFL, they don't know what to do with their lives. And But you, like, you've excelled after yeah, I kind of just put myself out there and um, just started putting out the videos. Um, at first. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I didn't I didn't even really like social media. I was just like, especially Twitter, because I'm just like, you write out your thoughts and people comment on your thoughts and they tweet out <laughs> what you just said like and you only get 140 characters to do it i'm like this is stupid this is the dumbest thing in the world like why would anybody <laughs> want to do this and so all my teammates were like man you're built for social media man like you're funny whatever you're witty like all this other type of stuff and i'm just like bro i don't get it i'm just gonna stick to football and like that's it man so you know Couple of my teammates like, dude, I'm telling you, man, just get on it, man, see what how it is, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I did, and I started liking it. And then um, when I was done, when I retired, I started making these videos, and I started going back to my teammates like Chris Harris and Earl Bennett, and I'd be like, man, what y'all think about these? And they'd be like, dude, I'm telling you, post it. It's funny. <laughs> and they was like, man, we see you in the locker room all the time, man. Everybody else don't get a chance to see it. So, like, we already know you funny. Just put it out there. So I was like, all right. So I started doing it, and everybody started liking it. So then I started putting out more and more and more, and then every it was like everybody was receiving it well. So I was like, man, I think I should do this. And then before long, the Bears had offered me uh, a job to co-host this show called Inside the Bears. I had been doing that locally. Then I did um, – Big Ten Network analyst with them. And um, then um, through that, started putting out more videos and started editing a little bit better. And then before long, I, I, I got with the production company, Love Productions. And then through working with them, 
they brought up the idea of me being a host of the Great American Baking Show. So now I do that on ABC. So now it's like, okay, I'm I'm in my groove now, you know. And uh, it's great, man. You know, I didn't think that, you know, I would go down this road. And people who follow me on Instagram or social media, they think well, if I put up a picture of me in a 49ers uniform or Chicago Bear uniform, they're like, man, how I didn't did even you Photoshop know. this? Right? I didn't yeah. even know you like, played what? in the league. Yeah. Right? I know like, we what, posted what that. Adobe After Effects did you <laughs> use to make it look like you're running on the field out at Soldier Field? Like, that's wild. How you do that? Like, they have no idea that I actually played football. And then all my teammates, who I told them I was doing the Great American Bacon Show, they're like, well, what does that have to do with football? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, man, it's, it's crazy to see everything full circle, man. But I'm having a good time, man. I, the thing about me, what, what's cool, what I do is I don't have to be somebody that I'm not, mm-hmm. yeah. which is what I like. Like, I'm I'm out here and I'm, I'm just having fun, man. I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying myself. My kids love what I do. Um, all my videos are office friendly, so you can turn it up to the highest volume man, and not have to worry about nothing, man. So I'm having a good time, man. What's your favorite meme or video that you've done? Because everybody has their favorite, you know, of, of yours that go around. But I'm interested to see, like, what's your favorite that's been out there? My favorite video that I did was um, the Chick-fil-A fries video. Because <laughs> it was just like. It was it was so many layers in the video. It's like me outside of Chick Fil A, and you know that it's a Sunday because there's like nobody out there, and like just the behind the scenes of it too, like all the thought that went into it. Because usually, when you do like a a, a video that has so much production to it, and you put in all of this work, it it fails. Like it's it's bad. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't, it's not received well. You know what I'm saying? Because you just put too much. And when you do like the the dumbest or the stupidest things and put it out, that's the stuff that hit. The stuff that you don't think is going to do well. Like the Cream Bigums thing I did. I didn't want to put that out, but I put it out and everybody loved it. And so, um, but the the Chick Fil A fries video. I uh, we (laughs) my wife and I took this trip. To go to, uh, I don't know where we were. We were in Cabo or something like that. And but it was a bearish trip, so we were out there for like a week. Yeah. And so we left on a Sunday. So I'm like, dang man, um, I want to take these fries with me so I can get them on the beach because <laughs> I know I'm gonna get this shot. I want to get this shot of me holding up these fries and then have the drone go all the way up in the air. Yeah. And so I'm like, dang, how am I going to get these Chick-fil-A fries on this trip with me? Because I know they ain't got no Chick-fil-A out there. <laughs> right. So no, no Chick-fil-A I go and couple. buy the fries on Saturday. Put them in a Ziploc bag because we leave Sunday. No way. They stay in my bag for a week. I didn't film <laughs> that to the, ne- to the following Saturday. <laughs> Bro, what, what were they like when you took them out? Oh, some of them were all molded and everything, man. Oh, it was nah. bad. My you wife ha- was like, oh, my God. Like, she's so used to – tell you what, this is how crazy that I am with my family. I can come in our house with a yellow suit on, with a wig and some platform shoes, and my kids would just be like, hey, Dad. <laughs> just like a normal <laughs> day. Like, normal yeah, day. Yeah, they won't be like, hey, Dad, 
what you doing with that yellow suit on? And then like, they, hey, what's up? Oh, we, you need us to be quiet? Are you filming a video right now? Like, that's how crazy it is and got right now, man. But I had these fries in my book bag, man, for a week. Took them out. They are molded. But I get all the ones that's not molded. So I finally find a fry that I'm able to use. And then I start from the fry, and then I go all the way up with my drone, man. And that, that's, that was in the shot. So it's so many elements in that video that I thought about. And, like, I, I shot everything myself. Like, myself and uh, I had one camera guy who helped me with the drone and me running on the beach and stuff like that. But other than that, like, I edited, I wrote the song, I uh, did the song in uh, in my office with my microphone and everything, man. And it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy the response I get. Now, it's, like, my most viewed video that I had. It's, like, it, it, it used to be my retirement video. Yeah. But this one, the the fries video is like like three million people have viewed that. Damn, right. that's it, not. It has more views than ahaha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's even taking a life of its own, man. Like, yeah, just, that's my favorite. You know, me acting silly. Like that... somebody, somebody found that video. That video is so old. Like my son was like seven or eight at the time. He's like he'll be twelve on Friday. That's so somebody got... found that video and just put a different scenario and a different <laughs> caption onto it, man. And now you can get it as a ringtone. It's crazy. <laughs> That's got to be the one that, I mean, of your videos, I see, like, when people, like, give you, meme you a lot. That's the one I see the most as people memeing, for sure. So check this out. I'm over in London filming the Great American Bacon Show. I'm walking there. I got my family out there. They're there because we're filming in August. So my kids come out for like a week, but then they got to start school. Yeah. So I'm there walking with my family, and uh, my wife, she peep game. Like, she notices everything. She sees some guy, like, running across the street whatever. And so he walks across the street, and she's watching the whole thing. And then guy comes up to me and say, you're the ah-ha-ha guy. <laughs> I'm like, what? Something. I'm like, okay, this dude must be from Chicago or whatever. I'm like, man, where are you from, man? He's like, oh, I'm from like, uh, uh, I forget where he said he's from, but he was from a whole other country. <laughs> That's insane. I'm like, what? So he's like, yeah, man, we can get a picture. We take a picture, blah, blah, blah. I walk a couple more steps. We see some ladies from Ghana. Oh, They're man. like, hey, you're you're the you're the Instagram guy, right? I'm like, are you kidding me? Then next thing you know, it's just like a meet and greet, man. It's just like <laughs> it's crazy. Like it was people like from everywhere, from Liberia, from like all these different countries, man. And they said they saw my video. I'm like, are you serious, man? That's when I knew. I was like, man, this Instagram Pop stuff it. is crazy, <laughs> right? It could take you next level. What have you ever right. had a celebrity like someone hit you up like a celebrity and it kind of blew you away? Obviously, you you know you're a football player, so you've been in it's some sort of spotlight for a long time. So has but has anybody man. has anybody blown Check you away? This <laughs> Check this out, man. How much time we got? We got as much man, time as got you got. So look, check this out, man. I go so I'm cool with uh, the Plastic Cup Boys, Kevin Hart's group, yep. right? Yep. It's, um, Naeem Lynn, Spang Horton, Joey. Like, so I'm cool with Na- – Naeem used to um, go to um, Temple, and he, he knew my teammate, Jason McKee. Okay. So I started following them as comedians or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So Naeem had DM me. He's like, hey, man, you coming to uh, Kevin Hart's show? 
you know, he's he's doing the show at the United Center or whatever. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm gonna be there. I'm like, he's like, okay, cool. Where you sitting at? So, I DM him, you know, where are we gonna be sitting at the area we sitting at or whatever. And then, you know, it comes down to the day that they're gonna be there. So I DM him, hey man, I'm here, whatever. We sitting at so and so, blah blah blah. Cool. So then I got I put my phone up because you can't have your phone. While they're doing a the performance, yeah, you know, yeah. like you know, like Dave Chappelle or like all of the big guys, you can't, yeah, you can't yeah. use your phone in there. So I put my phone up, and then me and my wife are sitting there waiting for the show to start. Show start. Somebody comes and taps me on the shoulder, gives me an envelope. So I'm I look in the envelope and I see it's like backstage passes to Kevin Hart having a party there at the United Center, like in their little lounge that they got there. So I'm like. Man, yeah, right. We're going to show up. It's going to be like a Kevin Hart imposter there. Like, Gary Coleman is going to be there. Oh, like my Kevin God. Hart. So I'm like, man, yeah, yeah okay. I try to, somebody trying to trick me or something like that. So then I hand it to my wife, and she looks at it. And then I get to thinking, I'm like, oh, okay. Naeem knew where I was sitting at to have somebody come and hand me this. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, so this is legit. So I'm like, cool. So it says, you know, after... The show is over. Come wait at a certain area, whatever. We're going to come get you or whatever. Then you go up to this party. So I'm like, cool. So we do that. Put on the backstage passes, walk in the back. And then uh, I see Naeem walking. He's like texting on his phone. He's like, hey, what's up, Spice? I'm like, oh, man, what's going on, man? Appreciate the tickets or whatever, da, 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 da. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, you enjoy the show? I'm like, yeah. So we go up to the spot. And we there just talking, kicking it or whatever, talking about him being at Temple and me playing football, blah, blah, blah. They got a cool spread, man. Chicken tenders, like all types of stuff there, man. Anything you want. And so he's like, hey, man, you know, Kev ain't going to come up here, man. You know, he's, he's you know, tired, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He'll be doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, hey, man, that's cool, man. I just appreciate you, you know, giving us these passes, whatever, whatever, for us to just come kick it. Like, all right, cool. So then um, Kevin Hart's trainer walk up there. And he sees me. He's like, oh, what you say now, Chuck? You know, a little line that I do in <laughs> yep. some of my videos. Yep. So he's like, man, he's like, man, I got to bring you downstairs. Kevin would love to meet you, man. He's like, who you got with you? I'm like, oh, man, it's just me and my wife. He's like, oh, man, well, come on. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, dap up Naeem. I'm like, all right, man, we'll check you out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So we go downstairs to where Kevin is. And then I see this big line of people. This is like 30 yards, 40 yards worth of people. They're waiting to see him for like the the meet and greet for the like VIP yeah. VIP deal or whatever. Yeah. So we go in like this little back room, and then it's like another group in there or whatever. And I see somebody that I knew, so I go where I, I talk to him whatever. But then it's another door that's closed. So out of that door that's closed comes Kevin Hart, and uh, I didn't want to like be rude to the guy I was talking to and be like, hey, man, watch out. There go Kevin Hart. Let me go holler at him. You know what I'm <laughs> like, peace. So <laughs> Kevin comes out. He's talking. He's putting on his jacket because he's going to go do the meet and greet. And then he sees me and he says, oh, what you say not Chuck? So I'm like, oh, man, are you kidding me? So he's like, look, don't go anywhere. I'm about to do this meet and greet. When I'm done, I'm going to come back. So I'm like, all right, cool. So uh, he goes He goes and does the meet and greet. He comes back, and he's like, he, as soon as he comes in, he puts his, his finger up to his ear, and he's like, and that's a for show right on. So I'm like, <laughs> man, oh, my God. Like, this is wild. So me and him, 
we just sit there kicking and talking for like 30, 45 minutes, like we knew each other. Yeah. Like, and it was it was cool, man, because you know he saw my videos. You know right. what I'm saying? He posted some of my videos on his page a couple of times. So it was like, wow, dude. And this this has nothing to do with football. This is all about me as an entertainer. That that has to be like an I made it moment, right? I, I don't know. I put a lot of pressure on myself. I don't want to say, like, I made it, but it's just like people are recognizing me. Mm. You know oh. what I'm saying? And people are noticing that I, I'm i not a football player. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that right there let me know, like, what I've been doing as far as entertaining is working. Like, it's it's reached somebody who is of superstar status. That's amazing, man. You know, we're big fans here at Complex, so, you know, we really appreciate you calling in, talking football, memes, all this kind of shit with us, you know. Hey, hey we got to we gotta get one ah-ha-ha before, before we sign off. <laughs> For the <know>? people. <laughs> all right, yeah, we, we got to get, like, a little sound bite, man. So right. let's, let's let, we got to make it a good one. Y'all ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. Let me, let me, let me brush my hair a little bit. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Uh, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> man, you the goat, man. That is so silly, man. It's so universal, too, man. Because everybody gets their hair cut, and everybody walks past the mirror, yep. and they're like, uh, hi, hi. <laughs> Literally, you, like, made a language out of memes. It's, it's insane. I'm not joking. You should charge NFL players to be good at social. Cause like, yeah, I, man, it's, it's it's a lot of guys that would be awesome, man. I think uh, Chris Long is doing an excellent job right now. He's funny, and, yeah, and, uh, and he does a lot of good shit. Yeah, man, he's a good dude, man. I think he's hitting the ground running, like he gets it. Yeah, man. We'll start. You know, get those prices up. You know, tell him tell him you got the goods and everything. Cut the check. Yeah, tell him to cut the check for you. Yeah, man, I got to holler at Reeves too, man. I got to get him right. <laughs> I'm telling you, please, like, the screenshot, he's everything. Like, he's like an old man out here, man. He's using the flip phone. <laughs> Bro, the screenshot, everything was just, like, I was like, what is? what am I looking at right Paul now? Paul Pierce. Right? It was a Paul Pierce-level tweet. <laughs> man, he probably got, like, a razor or something, man, or, like a sidekick. <laughs> he about to come after you now after that, yeah. <laughs> That's yep. all right, man. I'm hey, man. You can't be out here with no Android, man, with those razors. <laughs> oh my God, yo! All my friends use the Android razors, man. <laughs> Spice, thank you so much for calling in with us. You know we really appreciate it. Much love. We can't wait to see what you do next. Hey, go follow Spice Adams, y'all. Thank yes, you, if you, if I guarantee all of our audience already is, but if you're not, go follow Spice Adams. Indeed. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. All right, man. Spice was amazing. Now let's get into it. Super Bowl preview show. Adam is back with us. Zion, myself, we're going to do some Super Bowl picks, go through some prop bets. Let's get to it. Chiefs 49ers, in my opinion, probably the best outcome of the championship games. Like, what could it, what, uh, for a potential matchup, I think. Wrong. no, Rodgers and the Packers were so washed. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers versus Pat Mahomes would have been a much better storyline. Did you want to see 90 million State Farm commercials? Yeah, I don't care. You're going to see them anyway, so it wasn't matter. <laughs> yeah. That that is true. But my, are you the Packers were not that good? 
Like the 49ers are way better of a matchup against Chiefs. Yeah, but from Zion's right though, from a star like star started perspective, having Aaron Rodgers in the game with his, you know, final stand and going after one more Super Bowl compared to Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers who are still for the most part aren't that widely known. It would have been a little bit sexier in terms of storylines and the headlines leading up to it than with the 49ers. I don't know. You have to admit that. I, I I don't know if it's sexier. Number one offense versus number one defense. That's always what everybody wants. I'm saying from a, from a true football fan's perspective, you should be happy with the outcome. But like from a general mainstream perspective, Rodgers would have brought in more attention and you would have had different storylines and, and more of a general popular feel about the game as opposed to the 49ers who, again, like very, very casual football fans know almost nothing about. The, what are you talking about? The 49ers are one of the most casual, most popular teams in the NFL. I think if you pull if you pulled a random person off the street who is not a hardcore football fan, like a you know watches some football here and there, and you ask them to name more than one 49er player, I bet you they couldn't do it. Like my dad was asking me where the San Francisco 49ers are, like where the 49ers are from, and my dad's African. They're from San Francisco, like, exactly. No, but that's the thing. My dad's African, so he doesn't really watch him, uh, football like that. But he knows, like he knows the Giants, he knows the Patriots, he knows the Packers. I think we're di- the 49ers are not a brand I, name as they used to be. As they used to be. That's a that's a long time. And ago. also, they're really? like Aaron Rodgers fans, like fans of just him as a player. Yeah, people know, like just no Aaron one. Rodgers. No one's lining up. See, the problem is people are lining up to see Nick Bosa, but they're not people that we want to associate ourselves with. You yeah, mean like Conor McGregor. I, yeah, yeah, Conor in that in that uh, in that bucket right now. I don't know. I think from a pure, like Adam, you said we're real football guys. So real football statement, pure football sta- standpoint. I think this is the best matchup that we could see on the field. Best defense versus Patrick Mahomes. Like, I love the Titans story. That was fun. I am so glad that the Titans did not win that game. Super Ryan Tannehill starting in the Super Bowl against Jimmy Garoppolo? Fuck no. Please I mean, no. It, while we're on the topics of quarterbacks, like you said, Jimmy G. We don't want to see Jimmy G versus Pat Mahomes. Jimmy G just threw eight passes. In a championship football game, I don't care how good the they running game was. They didn't need him to. I don't care how good the him. running game was. If you're a great quarterback, you're still going to get up at least 15 to 17 passes, no matter how how good your run game is. He was not needed at whatsoever. They could okay, but are you buying into the conspiracy theory that he's actually really hurt? You think he's hurt? That's been that's been low key chatter that there's there's an ankle injury that may be more significant than they have let on, and that's part of the reason why he hasn't. Well, I mean, it's not part of the reason, but they were they didn't need him. They didn't need Jimmy G, obviously, to advance and to get to the Super Bowl. But when you only throw a complete eight pass, whatever the actual stat was, he it's threw, kind of a lot. He threw eight. He was six. Threw eight. eight times. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. There we go. So only threw it eight times, and you're obviously capable of doing a hell of a lot more. Yeah, people are going to start to here, speculate and kind of point at some things. And there's been some chatter here and there um, that there could be an ankle injury, low key, bothering him. Well, here's the thing. He's had he's had a week off now because we're in the future. Um, uh, he's had time to rest, so if it is an issue, Tevin Coleman tore his shoulder, and they're saying he's gonna, you know, try and play. So it's like, I mean, To playing the Listen, Super Bowl with a broken yeah, leg. So say, I mean, yeah. yeah, you man up, yeah. man up, Jimmy G. My, my thing, my thing. I, I mean, I he doesn't. I guess he took a hard shot to the knee, his ACL knee, in the Packers game. So I mean, I could, I could sort of buy that maybe he's not a hundred percent. But who is at this point? None of these guys are truly. But here's the thing about the Chiefs. Their defense is really coming on, but also Pat, Patrick Mahomes is probably a little more fresh than he was last year because he got hurt and missed some games. 
Like, bro was playing out of his mind. And I'm actually surprised that the Chiefs aren't favored more in this game than they are currently. Well, if you want to talk about the line right now, um, when it first kind of when stuff came out um, no, on I, I don't Sunday wanna, evening, I don't want to. You don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about like. I mean, I mean, obviously the Chiefs are favored, but what all, I was going to get at is that you've seen some jostling already. You've seen line movement, so I think you're going to see a more definitive line that gives there that that pits the Chiefs as bigger favorites. So the line right now is about one or one and a half with Casey being a one or one and a half point favorite. That's basically I think you'll see more though. money come in on the Chiefs as we get close to the game and they'll be as much as a two or three point favorite when we get close to the kickoff. That's what I think because I think everyone's going to jump on the Mahomes bandwagon and really ride for the Chiefs who have this incredible offense and pick the better offensive team over the better defensive team. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's hard to bet against the Chiefs when you watch what they did in the last two playoff games. The Texans game was unreal. They were down 21 nothing and led before halftime of that game. The Titans game, what, 10 nothing, right? They were down 17. 17 yeah. yeah, so so 10 points even later and it was like nothing to these guys. Obviously, defense wins championships. That's what Terry Bradshaw and everybody's probably going to say this whole fucking week. But can I don't know if the 49ers defense is good enough to slow that down. And let's talk about cuz Darrell Rivas said it is Richard Sherman, I mean, he plays one. This is what Revis was saying. He don't match up man-to-man. They probably need to put Richard Sherman on Tariq Hill, right? Well, that, uh, Revis is going to have a field day on his in his couch. Those Chiefs receivers are way too fast to be guarding. Man, it's like every single receiver is blazing fast. That's that's the thing. Like, like I think the Chiefs have a big advantage there then. Obviously, the 49ers can get pressure without blitzing because their front four is crazy. Yeah, but I mean, we saw we saw uh, Pat Mahomes get pressured last game a lot. He was out of the pocket a lot. He, he escaped impro- a lot. He just improvised. Like you can't stop that. But I will say, Bosa on the edge and D Ford on the edge are better than who the Titans had on the edge. That's true. That's true. I I so is Re- Revis. I mean, bro, if Revis doesn't match up one on one with him, or if Sherman if Sherman doesn't match up one on one with him. Jets legend Dar- Darrell Revis is going to be all over uh, social it, media. It don't even matter, like at this point, like for Richard Sherman, <laughs> like he's done. He's dominated. He's pretty much dominated uh, this. De- well, this, the decade's over, but the past decade, he's he's, he's been dominated. Great. He's, he's been, been the guy. Like I think he's better than Revis. Wow, uh, I don't think we go that far, pal. Also, I, Sherman's, Sherman's going to be a Hall of Famer. Sherman's Revis had a better be a career. Sherman's had, well, a had a longer. He's had a longer career. Yeah, I mean, Revis, Revis. Revis was a more definitive, like uh, clamp down. What's the word no. I'm looking for? I mean, Lockdown he was more corner. of a stopper. Lockdown yeah, corner. I, 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 I even think this era of receivers is probably, in terms of physicality and speed, this era is much difficult than Revis had to deal, deal with. Yeah, but Revis is in the same time frame as Richard Sherman. It wasn't like Revis was it's around 20 the, years no, ago. No, yeah, no, bro. The primes are not the same time Revis prime. wasn't playing uh, dudes in leather helmets. Actually. Revis came a little bit before Richard Sherman, but like their pri- what, their, what their peak Revis years, there's some overlapping. What wide receiver has has Sherman had to play that Revis didn't have to play? What? 
Joe Julio Jones. Julio's been around since 2011. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, no. Young, no. This, is, this is Young Zion again. Young, young so Zion young and forgetting stuff because what? when Revis was put on every at, every incredible phone. assignment that was available in the NFL when Revis was with the Jets during his prime years, he literally shut guys down. His prime year was Calvin Johnson, he would be shut down. His, Everyone that the, the Patriots featured over the years would be shut down. Every premier receiver Revis went up against was shut down. He literally put guys on islands. I'll say, Sherman his, has never been that much of a lockdown his prime quarterback, but he's been pretty I'll, damn good. I'll say this. I'll say this. And I think this is a, probably a general consensus. Better career, Richard Sherman. I think better peak and, and pure yep. cornerback, Revis. No, That's, better peak. Well, if you're going to go, if you, no, I would say better, not even stick, better career because Revis peak. had a phenomenal career. It's just more like longevity. You have to give the nod to Sherman because he never yeah. had the major knee injury that cost Revis a couple of years and then kind of, you know, destroys, not destroy, but like set him back athletically a little bit. So it's like you give, you give Sherman the check for longevity. But I think who was more dominant? I mean, Christ, Revis got his own sneaker from Nike. Yeah. What did Sherman get from Nike? Like, that's how dominant Revis was. Revis Island. It was a thing. I would say Revis definitely had a better peak. But the fact that Richard Sherman has been doing it for so long and he came back I after will, injury. I, I will say I am surprised at how good he still is now. Because, like, when he signed with the 49ers, everybody was like, oh, he's washed. He's going. He's going. He's leaving Seattle. They don't want him. He must be washed. And he has done a great job. Like he's been locked down this year. Obviously, he shades to his side. That's fine. But uh, it, it, it is a testament to how much he fought to get back. And you know what? They're gonna they're gonna have he's gonna have trouble. That secondary is very good. But the Chiefs wide receivers are so fast that I I, I honestly don't know how they stop the big play from happening. And that's how you beat the Chiefs. I kind of want to say one more thing about Sherman versus Revis, but are we done with it? I mean, get your last thought in. Get your last thought in. <laughs> we'll let right, you. We'll if let you want to go by, you want to go by accolades real quick. Seven Pro Bowls for Revis. He Correct. had four first team All Pros. Sherman's had three first team All Pros and five Pro Bowls. All right. But the, the All Pro is just a very bad, like that's a bad metric for. Like, I don't know. Measuring success. I don't know. Uh, no, it's not. Yes, it's very. It's, I don't know what any of that. Well, means. So you put no stock. You put I'm no stock in all NBA teams. I'm, no, you can't compare NFL to NBA because we know the NFL's. But like, All Pro, all pro again. All Pro is the top twenty-two players, all, top twenty-four all, with kickers. All everything. Pro and Pro Bowl are the most overrated accolades you can the give. Thing, the about Pro Bowl is like we're seeing, we saw this year, guys drop out last well, second. No, Pro Bowl, again, Pro Bowl separate yeah. from all Pro, though. For sure, pro it is. It's voted on. It's, it's, yes. it's more of a legit thing. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a very fun debate. I'm surprised that Revis did that because Sherman. we all know Sherman loves to talk and to tweet and to chirp. So it kind of just fed into. I mean, low key, Revis has at times. He's taken on guys, especially. Um, I didn't. I honestly didn't even the know. Former he, goat Mike Francesa one time famously got oh, into a spat with I, him. I, I honestly didn't even know he was on Twitter. I, his his uh, man cave looks really nice. Like his TV. Well, he setup, made a lot of money, so it should be nice. Yeah, his his TV setup was nice. I would say maybe get closer to the TV if you're going to take a picture. Um, that'd be like my one just like millennial advice to him to Revis. So you know what? Come on the pod, and we'll teach you how to tweet and do social and everything. That's cool. Let's get into our predictions for the game, and then we're going to get into some prop bets, some fun stuff. So I'll start it. Actually, Zion, you start. Prediction for the Chiefs. game. Chiefs. Okay. Chiefs, and now it'll be a close game. It'll, it'll be a close Clo game. You're, you're saying close game, but Chiefs? This, th this is like a... Low scoring, high scoring, what are you thinking? Uh, I would say middle. I would say the Chiefs put up 28, maybe 20, 24. 24 would be low scoring for them. Yeah, it would, but I'm just thinking the fact the 49ers, I think the the offense will be slowed down. They're going to force 
They're going to force Garoppolo to make plays. But I don't know. I'm going Chiefs because it's the perfect storybook. Like last year, the only reason they weren't in the Super Bowl was D Ford. D Ford. Who's now playing for the 49ers. And now you come around, make that full circle, win the AFC championship, and then come back and beat D Ford in the that's perfect. It's, yeah. it's gonna happen, Adam. Adam, what do you what are you thinking? Actually, look, real quick, just let me. How crazy? How crazy is it? Terrell Suggs, bro, gets cut. What week fifteen? People said he was going to the Ravens. Whatever. Chiefs claimed him or signed him, and now he's in the Super Bowl. Could get another one, ring. and he he's could getting a ring. And that and that could be right off into the sunset moment for him. So it's just kind of crazy how that worked out. But my bad, Adam. What's your prediction for the game? I kind of want to lean Chiefs also. Um... But I feel like you're going to start to get a flood of people on the KC bandwagon and people betting against them. And you know my mantra, when the public is heavy on one side, you need to go the other way. So I'd say right now, leaning Chiefs, maybe as I get a little bit close to the game, I kind of may waver and waffle a little bit before we kind of lock in our official picks on .com. But I'd say right now, probably leaning Chiefs as well. Do you think, are you anticipating high scoring, low scoring? I think it's going to be a shootout. Well, we can have a, we can have a discussion on the over-under if we want to. It's it's like, 50, like 54, so I'm saying high scoring. I'm going to say 50, a high yes. score. But it opened up, so when the lines came out initially um, with KC being a one-point favorite and the total for the game, the over-under being 51.5, it shot up immediately as money came flooding in on people pounding the over. And the two overs hit on championship weekend and the two favorites hit, which means the books got cleaned out, royally got destroyed championship weekend. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see regression here. And I kind of want to lean towards taking the under here because right now, 92% of the money is on the over at 54 points. And obviously these two teams can score. We know the Chiefs can score a ton and the Niners aren't exactly, you know, they score trash they offensively. Score. They can score also, but I kind of feel like I want to go the other way and play contrarian here um, just because we've seen a lot of overs hit so far, at least the past few weeks in the NFL playoffs. And again, when one side of a bet is being flooded, which you have right now with the over, Nerd alert, you wrap need it to up. discipline yourself. I, I'm getting to the point here, pal. Relax. You need to go discipline yourself and go the other way and take the under. So I'm kind of leaning towards lesser points here as kind of a swerve and maybe some fucked up stuff happens here and there, and you get a total right around the high 40s, very, very low 50s. Yeah, I, I could see that, but actually, I'm going to go. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think the Chiefs, actually, I think the Chiefs could blow them out. Mm, I think, spicy. I think the Chiefs could win by like 10 to 14 points, close a little bit, but they kind of turn it on. Um, obviously, then you have to take that prop bet, pal. Yes, uh, yeah, for sure. But all, uh, But I will say. I have picked against or bet against the 49ers, I think, every week, almost, uh, this season. And I have obviously been wrong a lot. So everybody who's listening, take that into account. I am the reverse jinx. Wait, who you, who'd you pick? I picked the Chiefs. No, so, I picked the 49ers, bro. Yeah, see, I'm the I'm a, I'm a jinx. So I'm, I might be jinxing the Chiefs. Man. Yeah, so everybody should take that into account. But I just, think, I just think the Chiefs' offense is so good and Mahomes is playing better than we've ever seen him it's only a second year we haven't seen a lot but he's just in his zone right now he's running the ball well obviously the defense is better in San Francisco but um I don't know and I think it will be high scoring let me tell you why I, I read a stat the Chiefs against the zone the zone uh run that Shanahan loves to do up the middle like fourth worst in the league of giving up yards so I think the 49ers are going to be able to run the ball. Well, I mean, that's the thing. When was the last time we've seen a high-powered offense go to the Super Bowl and dominate with their offense? 
That's what I'm trying to think of. The defense always usually comes out on top. Yeah, or, or it's the defensive team that is scoring. That's what that's what worries how, me. How scary. Well, the last time you saw a high-powered offensive team uh, run out to a massive lead and nearly yeah. capture a Super Bowl the Broncos, was the Falcons right? a few no, years the Falcons. ago. And who was who the offensive coordinator of that Falcons team? Kyle Shanahan. You think he's like seeing ghosts? No, I read a, you know I read a story. They were kind of asking about his play calling um, in the late third quarter and early fourth quarter with the Falcons, and he says I have no regrets over that except for one play call late where uh, the Falcons got sacked and kind of pushed out of field goal range that would have they kind could, of clinched they the game. For they could have sealed it, yeah. Yeah, they could have sealed it in that in that drive. Um, but they were asking him directly about it, and Shannon's like, I don't have any regrets. Like what we did, with the execution we we wanted to do, and you know maybe one play call they would have called for a run as opposed to a pass. But he has zero regrets, and if they execute a little bit here and there, he would have had a Super Bowl if it gets close and I don't know like it might it might creep into his mind I think obviously he's very good at what he does I mean he's human you never know but I mean he seems to have put it beside him and that's like in three years in the NFL is like kind of like an that's a long ass time like to, to harken back to that with all the shit he's gonna have going on and all the prep that he has to get prepared for with this high powered Chiefs team like I have you know human nature I get you can get revert back to certain things here and there but I have a hard time believing that in any way shape and form the shit that went down down in the Super Bowl in 2016 with the Patriots is going to play into his mind come Sunday. So we're all taking the Chiefs. I'm kind of worried about that. I feel, I feel like we just guaranteed a Niners victory. I Listen, I think a lot of people are going to be picking the Chiefs. I mean, you you want to go with the sexy offense, the the team that can put up a ton of points, and the better quarterback, which is clearly Pat Mahomes. And that, that, they that, look damn good against the Texans and damn good against the Titans. But the one contrarian play here is that, again, going the other way, it's like, are the Texans and Titans really that good? Like, I the keep, 49ers are a big step up talent-wise and overall – better team, I think, than those other two squads in the AFC that the Chiefs rolled over. I keep going back to always, when you don't know, always go with the better quarterback. And it's not even close in this matchup. Well, how'd that work out for the Packers and uh, 49ers? I'm talking about in a Super Bowl. I'm not talking about... I mean... When have we... Who has been... Who was last year? Tom Brady versus Jared Goff last year. Tom Brady was a better quarterback. Hey, Tom Brady was bad though in the, the regular season, but uh, he he turned it yeah, on. He turned it on, and then the year before that was Tom Brady, Nick Foles. Okay, oh, my my theory's already out the window. Have an outlier, then, obviously. Yeah. Nick Eli Foles, Manning, Eli Manning beating Tom Brady twice. Yeah, okay. I I don't know. Maybe Garoppolo's got some magic. Um, I don't know. Let the funny thing is he completed eight passes in the NFC title game. Is he going to complete more than twenty or less than twenty? Well, is he injured? Well, I, I, bro, I can't, I can't say complete or throw complete. Is he going to complete? Yeah. Pass completions. 20 is normal for a quarterback. It's crazy that 20 is like the number. I mean, I know he's going to attempt 20, 27 because if they, if they they get down early, like that's the luxury of what they did to the Packers. They got got up up and so they could run the ball. All they did was, all they have to do is run the ball. Yeah. This game, I think they're not getting up early. Or if they do, it's going to be one score. I mean, the, the Chiefs, Chiefs the Chiefs, the Chiefs have fallen behind last two playoff games. Yeah, but once they click, then it's like okay, we got to throw the ball because now we got to match them offensively. That also worries me. Are the Chiefs? The Chiefs might be too. Sometimes teams get too comfortable, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, we can we we can fall behind. We'll be okay." Until you run into the team that is not okay against. I, that's what I. That's what worries me about the offense because like. If the Chiefs come out slow, it, say what if what if the 49ers get up two touchdowns? It, are they are the I, Chiefs going to be able to come back like they did Adam? Do you think they're going to be able to come back know. like against they did the Titans and the 
Texans, I don't well, know. I mean, that comes down to straight up execution, but do they have the capability of doing it? Yeah, 100%. I mean, they have the capability of coming back in any team. All, yeah. it takes, all it takes is three or four plays, and they literally are back in any game if they're down two scores, three scores, even four scores. Like, it's it's real quick. We've seen it twice now leading up to the Super Bowl. So, uh, unless unless you're up by 40 points, like, what, the Chiefs are kind of, you what, know, the Chiefs are always around and always a threat right now. What's the number that you'd be like just... Like you, you're like okay, this game's over. Is it forty? Well, again, I I thought the game if the Texans got up twenty eight to nothing over the Chiefs, that, I thought it was that a wrap. It. That would have been. I it. was like, I was ready to say that's an absolute wrap. And I wonder it didn't if it would have been. I wonder and, if it would have been. Um, I probably. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like, but in retrospect, then they reeled off fifty one. You know, they outscored them fifty one to seven the rest of the way. So it's like, are they ever really, really out of it? Like I would say at this point now, if they got down thirty five to nothing, you know with like five minutes to go in the first half, then I would kind of call the wrap because it seems improbable if you do the numbers with possession that you're going to get in the second half. Like, you can't really do it unless crazy shit happens. But if they're within three scores, of course they can come back. Real, three scores in the Super yeah, Bowl? Yeah, easy. I don't know, man. If they, I mean, we've seen it. But not against a defense like this. We have not seen it again. The Titans' defense is very good. Mm-hmm. It is. It's different when you're in the Super Bowl and you're not in front of your home team, your home crowd. I don't know. I don't know. It's different too. It's different too when you have that high-powered offense where Mahomes can throw you out of any crazy situation, and you have shifted receivers and guys with incredible speed and breakaway ability that can just take plays that would only be you know twenty-yard gains and become you know forty, fifty-yard backbreakers. So it's they have the capabilities the way other teams can't. And now we're talking about X and O's and bullshit and the same cliches that everyone else in the in the human fucking world is gonna be talking about leading up to Sunday. So let's talk about prop bets. Let's do it. Let's get in some prop bets. I already brought up one. Jimmy G, is he throwing over 20 completions or under 20 completions? I'm saying under. Under. I can't bet under, dog. It's a Super Bowl. Completions, though. You're not talking about attempts. Completions. Him completing 20 passes right now seems improbable because what's the best way for the 49ers to beat the Chiefs? To ground and pound and control the game clock. So therefore, unless a fucked up situation happens, do you really see Jimmy G completing twenty passes? I like mean, him going, him going seventeen for like twenty five is reasonable, but twenty passes. But he could go like twenty for thirty eight. He could, because like, but they, that he could. Be but I, again, percentage wise, and what we've seen recently, I'm going to lean towards them relying heavy on the run and therefore not passing a ton. And then he has to complete the passes too. So. Yeah, I think you got to pound the under there. That's to me, it's a clear underplay. He's only seven times this season he completed over twenty passes, and so get percentages not in your favor. Take yeah, the under. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Here's a, here's a fun one. I don't even know why this is listed. Will Tom Brady be mentioned? I feel like that's an easy one. Like, of course he's going to be mentioned. Fox is doing the Super Bowl. Yeah. Of course. Joe Buck is going to name drop Tom Brady within 10 minutes. Joe Buck name drop Tom Brady or Troy Aikman somehow bring him up. They're going to talk about last year's Super Bowl within like the first 10 minutes. Right? It seems seems probable that he gets mentioned in some way, shape, and form. So I think you probably have to say yes, even though it's not a financially conducive means to go. Why? Why? Because, again, do you want me to go in the jargon right now? No, not really. No, no. So then then I won't explain it. But I would say (laughs) say he's probably going to get mentioned but i wouldn't bet on this prop bet. my thing is like joe buck can see these like he can he has a lot of power right now joe he buck can, he could fuck with he could fuck with books he could fuck with bookies and the bookmakers like, all over the tom world tom brady was in the last two super bowls so like you, you have to he's, he's gonna, gonna be mentioned. he's gonna it's be the mentioned first super bowl without tom brady uh, my thing is, especially if there's a big deficit and they bring up you know comebacks 20 well also shanahan's the coach 
Falcons 28-3 to against Brady. Like, there's so many avenues for Tom Brady to be mentioned. There's no way he's not. Here's a fun one. Two touchdowns, Patrick Mahomes, above or below. I'm gonna go with above. I don't. I. I don't think you could say he's gonna throw under two pat, touchdown passes. Well, I think everyone's gonna take this. I'm actually surprised it's so low. I'd expect it to be two and a half, or almost even three. Um, I think realistically speaking, you probably have to take the over here because yeah, he throws a shit ton of TD passes, and even in their short yard situations, it's a lot of pass plays. So it's kind of seems improbable that he would only be limited to you know he's not gonna throw. The idea of him only throwing one TD pass in this game seems ridiculous. So you can push with two here. You probably have to take the over here at two. Yeah, I, I I think I think so. I mean, I could see him throwing one, and then, and then Damian Williams runs the other cut. They like know. to throw at the goal line, though. They do. Yeah, they even do. the shovel passes and, and the screens. That's that counts. That stuff that's that still true. counts. The, that's true. Yeah, those little jet sweeps they do. He throws them to Tariq Hill. Those yeah, count. shovel pass is not a running play. It's a pass. Yeah, so I, I think that could come into it. Uh, MVP is always a fun one. Listen, um, Jimmy G's not winning MVP. He's got the second best. I mean, obviously well, the quarterback. Want, the quarterbacks are always favored. They're always the top. I got I got to staff you though about the quarterbacks though. I want to bring this up. That over the course of the previous 53 Super Bowls, quarterbacks have won more MVPs, 29 than any other position. But yeah. in the last 10 Super Bowls, only seven of 10 have been MVPs for quarterbacks. You saw Julian Edelman last year's MVP. We saw Von Heinz Miller, Ward? and we saw Malcolm Smith with the Seahawks. Oh, Malcolm back Smith. In Super Bowl 40. Where, where's Malcolm Eight. Smith at? Well, he won a Super Bowl MVP, so the joke's on all of us. So just, I mean, again, the quarterbacks, in theory and percentage-wise, normally win these, but we see some outliers more recently. So keep that in mind. I, I think Damian Damian Williams is a fun one to kind of think about. Just that be, would be a shock. The one that Why? jumps out at me. What there's if, one that should jump out at you though. Bosa? No, not Bosa. I, I get it. It's a pro, like it's so it's so hard. So I feel like he could have a Von, to win it. I feel like he could have like a Von Miller. Nick Bosa, I think it should be the favorite for a 49ers player to win MVP. Oh, that's bold. Nah, for real, because like he could disrupt the game like Von Miller did. If the if the if the 49ers beat the Chiefs, they would have slowed down Mahomes in some way. And Bo- the one way they would have done it is Bosa. How do you Bosa. not get in this obvious selection for MVP? When I'm talking about value here. I don't like Moser. I don't like Raheem Moser. Why wouldn't you like Moser? Because I don't. I, that's a cop out. That's like it's a, eight to one. That's, that's great value. Cop out. He's a, He's eight to one odds to win MVP. If he's gonna get that steady diet of the run plays with injury situation with other 49ers and what we've seen so far in the playoffs, and you brought that stat about the Chiefs being bad against his own run play, why wouldn't you take him at eight to one? That 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 just gives you awesome, incredible value for an MVP play. Listen, Be- because I want to take other people. I don't yes, know. What do you uh, want me to tell you? I don't want I'm to. Not, I don't want to take Raheem Mostert I'm as my take, MVP right, pick. He's been great. Yeah. I'm not taking no random as yeah. MVP. <laughs> I think both. Yeah, but you guys are taking like guys who. Were so like far fetched down the line with these odds, like yeah, it's like if you if you hit on Nick Bosa to win MVP, what he's twenty five to one. That's an astronomical hit, what, but the odds cares? of that happening are just it's so Nick low. Bosa. Edelman was twenty. Edelman was worse than twenty five to one. I think last was year. It? No, I don't think so. No, as as Brady's number one receiver. No, no way. But receivers oh, no, aren't favored. Like receivers, yeah. like well, Kelsey at eighteen to one. I think is a decent value. But play you got to think too. about it. if Kelsey's eating, then Mahomes everybody else is, is eating, including Mahomes. The thing the thing about it is. I don't like any of the Chiefs receivers because Mahomes will just get it because they're eating because of him. That's no, the thing. of course, a million percent. He'll yeah. he'll he'll he will absorb all the notoriety and the fanfare and everything like that. I get that hundred percent. Like, but still, if Travis Kelsey caught three touchdowns and had a great run that was like, you know, uh, 
and really important in the game, I think you could somehow see him stealing it from Mahomes potentially. And at eighteen to one, that'd be good value. George Kittle for the Niner, for the Niners at fourteen to one, I think is also really interesting. You know, if you want to avoid the QBs, but to me, I don't know. Mosser at plus. You know, plus 800, 8 to 1, I think is your only reasonable value on the board that I could see Ooh. hitting that isn't Mahomes or Garoppolo. What you say his last name? Yeah, was? you just. You just Mosser. Mosser? It's, it's Moser. You just butchered his name. I, I thought it's Moser. No, you were wrong. Man's not even watching the game. Yeah, man. right. Do you, I, do you, you watch football? <laughs> is it not Moser? Here, here's, here's the only thing that I might bet. Actually, well, that's a lie, but will J Lo or Shakira be caught lip syncing? Overwhelming favorite that they will. I think Shakira definitely. Wow, I'm hand waving this prop bet. Wow, Adam doesn't know music. Yeah, so. bro, he would. He's gonna be like, "Who is? Oh, it's A Rod's girlfriend on stage. That's what Adam's <laughs> That's gonna say. He's gonna say that. I just want to see A Rod. I just want to see the real goat Yo, flashed on the screen. A Rod. <laughs> oh, they'll. Oh, that should be one. How many times they show A Rod during the game? Def- it probably it will be someplace. Yeah. Sweet. Well, uh, well, the overwhelming favor they got caught caught for limp syncing, which surprises me because like. That's kind of a big deal if you get caught lip syncing. Not you know? really. Not really at this point. Oh, nah. okay. It well, happens too much now. All right. Um, here's a fun one that everybody likes to do. National anthem length over a minute and fifty seconds. It's basically two minutes. Or or oh, oh, who's doing it? Demi Lovato is doing the national is, anthem. Oh, Are you excited about Demi? No, 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 not not not. They should have let Sway Lee do it. Sway Lee wanted to do it. Should let DJ Khaled do it. How would that work? It's- However, he does his music, his uh, other songs. Get somebody else to do it for him. Get T Pain to sing that. Actually, yeah, that's DJ be Khaled featuring T Pain national anthem. DJ Khaled and friends do the national anthem. They, that would last like ten minutes. I, Adam, do you do you bet the national anthem? Yeah, so I researched this last oh, year God. for our uh, for our dearly departed football variety show, mostly football. Rest in peace. Um, and I found out that your average length of the national anthem at the Super Bowl for like roughly the last eight to ten Super Bowls has gone well over two minutes. So if you are savvy in any way, shape, and form, pound the over. I might sing. Pa- the- put put the goddamn mortgage or rent money on the over. I'm gonna sing the song in my hotel room and time myself and see how long it takes me to get. No, over. because these. Per- Performers, this is the biggest audience they'll ever they have. They draw in their it life. out. They draw it yes, out. Yes, they're gonna they're gonna elongate it, draw out the syllables. They want to like have these two plus minutes like to shine. So always, always, always pound the over when it comes to national anthem at the Super Bowl. That's free money, Adam. What's your favorite Demi Lovato song? Yeah, can we? Get- I don't have any Demi Lovato in my music library, pal. That's cap. That, yeah, that's a lie. That's not cap. That's, that's a li- cap, That's bro. yeah. Here's that's no cap, pal. Th- this one's just specifically for out Adam. Who will appear first in the J Lo commercial? Alex Rodriguez or DJ Khaled? What what J Lo commercial are uh, they talking about? Apparently, there's a J Lo commercial because um, you know they get tipped about about who's in the commercials beforehand. So I would avoid this. I would avoid this prop bet. Her and A Rod are going to be making out ten seconds in. I'm calling it. I don't think that will happen. So I would. I'm going to hand wave this prop bet. Okay, a little hand wave. This guy. Um. Yeah. No. That's. There's a lot of them out there. We're trying to make you guys some money. You missed um, another one, the color liquid that's, pouring down the uh, winning head coach. Why do people bet this? Because I feel- because you can research this, and I did research this again last year. Did you get it right? I got a, I, I bet <laughs> so something you for value. He researched it and got it wrong. I researched it and then went for a value play. For the most part, I think what I found out was that the clear 
and the yellow were and they kind of group in lime and green and the yellow for for this prop yeah, bet as the two most popular colors. Yeah. So I think last year I went for like a value play with like a blue or, or red or whatever. It didn't work out that way. I think it was clear or or green or yellow. I could be wrong, but double check. I went through like ten years worth of like Getty images to research this, <laughs> and, and, found and you're that still lost. And you still lost. I, well, again, I went for a value play. I didn't go for like the one that they that was the favorite. I always go for a value. I don't go for favorites. My thing so, is my thing is orange should win because orange is the best. So. That should always win. Why is orange the best? I, it's my favorite. If I was, that's it, another listen, hand wave. If if I was winning this the Super Bowl, nonsense. I'd prefer. This is all nonsense. You're talking about what color the Gatorade Those are your rust belt sensibilities. Y'all are some losers, man. That's a, it's a big big money play. This man was researching and on he lost, Getty, and he lost. Research, like, bro, research, your, and he lost. Use your time better, please, Adam. Use your Zion. time. It's better. called. We had a TV show. We had we had content to fill. Okay, was it, what TV was it on? Yeah, what TV was it? It was on, on TVs. If you use your Apple TV, <laughs> it was on TVs. If you, <laughs> if you, if if you, you streamed you, a web browser from, through, from YouTube, <laughs> from the, <laughs> yeah, it was on a medium similar to TV. That's what we. That's counted TV <laughs> now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. There's cameras filming this with red lights. How about that? <laughs> How about that? On that note, uh, everybody enjoy the Super Bowl, the big game. This is Load Management Podcast. We will be back next week with Super Bowl reactions. See how many bets Adam got wrong. I'm going to guess there's a lot of them because that's just what he does. Incorrect, pal. All right. This is the Load Management Podcast. Before we get out of here, a special shout out to our producers, Alejandro and Jasmine. They're with us all the time. Sound engineering done by Craig Clayton and Josh Dodd. Mixing done by Jasmine. Uh, special shout out to our editor-in-chief, Damian Scott. This wouldn't happen without him. Our director of video operations, Jen Stewart. Load Management is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. We'll see you next week, folks.